In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Welcome back to the weekly anime performance review, the show where we imagine that review the performance the, the fucking god damn it uh, welcome back to the weekly anime performance review the show where we review the performance of anime weekly we are your three high-powered anime business executives i'm john your anime colombo and chris and i i completely forgot about titles I'm Andrew, and I'm a little cutie with big balls. I feel like our titles might be a bit more abstract on this episode than they usually are, so I'll forgive you if you didn't quite get them this week. Uh, <laughs> today we're talking psychopaths. Um, this was our turn to just pick amongst ourselves what we were going to watch, so I was, I, my brain has been bitten by the cyberpunk worm lately, so I was like, we gotta watch some cyberpunk anime, and so here we are. Psychopaths. And oh lord, is it ever cyberpunk? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say every cyberpunk trope is here, but like all of the themes are definitely here. I was like, man, it's all cyberpunk except nobody rides a motorcycle, and then someone does. <laughs> yeah, spoilers for the end. But... Spoilers, someone rides a motorcycle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. It doesn't have the corporations owning everything aspect of cyberpunk. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's not necessarily like a corporate uh, cyberpunk. It's a government cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. But Which is, what is government uh, but a giant corporation? You know, capitalism does still exist because they do still talk about private companies and such, and they investigate private businesses. Yes, yeah. but private businesses are. It's almost like they're owned by the government sort of thing, really. Yeah, uh, they're, they're not, you know, it's not like the kind of cyberpunk where the government doesn't matter anymore. Quite the opposite, in fact. You don't have to have one or all of the elements of cyberpunk for it to necessarily be cyberpunk. Because, like, nobody rides a motorcycle in Blade Runner. There's no internet in Blade Runner. And that would be cyberpunk as fuck. Also very good. Before we get into our analysis, I will provide a brief uh, sort of introductory summary. So... In the world of psychopaths, it is the somewhat near future, and Japan has adopted a new form of governance called the Sybil system, where everybody has some super cool nano machines injected into their blood that can basically read their thoughts and their mental state, uh, which tells the AI that governs everything about their mental about um, how likely they are to do crime and such. And so a lot of life revolves around maintaining people's psychopaths, which is like sort of their mental health number, uh, trying to keep their crime coefficients down, and how that affects their autonomy in their lives. Our, our principal characters are a squad of police investigators and the enforcers, who are people with, who, who are what they call latent criminals who work under them. And it starts out being several cases that are that appear to be unrelated to our main characters, but eventually all tie back to a bad guy who might 
want to do bad things, although he wants to do bad things to a bad government. So it's kind of hmm? complicated. <laughs> Question, but also like anarchy is not the answer. So obviously, just from that premise, you get the sense that this is an extremely dystopic series. Um, so. Like immediately you start to notice it when you see that their guns do the thinking for them, right? They call them the dominators. And the gun, when you point it at someone, it decides whether they need to die immediately or they can be taken into custody or they don't even can't be shot at all. Uh, which is in some ways actually better than how things are now. Yes and no, because like the thing is, there's no sort of. Like, the gun has already decided, or the civil system really has already decided their punishment. So they've already decided whether they should be executed or not. Um, which is kind of normally, you know, we have a trial that should be fair, but, you know. Um, and, you know, it's such an interesting idea, because, like, when you start to try and figure out who's going to do crimes before those crimes happen, you kind of, in a way, push them into doing those crimes. Right. Well, it's like, kind of one of those... People get angry, people get upset, people act irrationally, but most of the time people are able to rein it in. Also, the guns, ex the guns explode people. Yeah, no, they, they don't just, like, shoot bullets. They shoot some decomposition, something that makes them explode and die. It's actually really cool, but... Sometimes it hits an arm. Yeah, and then their arm explodes and dies. Which is, it's still a really cool effect, but you know. Mm -hmm. it, all, it all reminded me of one quote from Dune that I wrote down here. Uh, and that's, once men turned their thinking over to machines in the hope that this would set them free. But that only permitted other men with machines to enslave them. Just, I, I just couldn't get that quote out of my head the whole time I was watching this season of anime. Yeah, well, because it's that interesting thing of... Humans think that machines are perfect, right? Um... If you think, oh, robots are taking over jobs because they do it so much better and all that stuff, but there's always some sort of Q&A that goes on of, or QA, I think. Is of, the person who used to have this job being taken care of? Or yes. have they just been kicked out? Well, but even if they are kicked out, there's someone who has to take care of the machines and make sure their quality assurance, like, make sure it's good. Yeah, and like, as, as AI becomes more and more of a thing... We have to like figure out how do we deal with like punting responsibility because like if your self-driving car runs somebody over and you're in the car, like is it your fault or the, the people who programmed the self-driving car's software? Right, but let's say we go to where cars don't even have steering wheels at all. Well, what happens when your car goes off the rails? You don't have any way to compensate for that, which is something they kind of deal with. You know, like when we trust machines too much we can't fix the problem if the machine can't. Uh, first of all, I love the score in this one. <laughs> particularly that one, particularly that one really action-y track. Uh, and the second OP is a fucking banger. Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't really like the first OP or ED, but the second one, I like the second OP and the second ED's all right. Second OP's the only one I remember. I didn't like the vocalist of the first one. I remember that much. <laughs> um, I thought they did a good job. I just didn't care for it. Yeah, it's not a bad performance. I just, not my kind of performance. I thought the second OP was more visually interesting. The, uh, in terms of the art, 
I liked it. it washed out for my taste. I feel like I would have done the color grading a little bit differently. <laughs> but that's just because I love my cyberpunk loud and annoying. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot more of a subtle cyberpunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, what, it did bother me, like, they like, most of the main characters are, like, so pale that they look almost white, except for, like, Masaoka, who looks much more normal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why. <laughs> maybe maybe it's something, I, I feel like it, it might be a little bit to do with, like, the lighting in, like, the, the police office where they spend a lot of their time. Because I feel like it looks a lot better, like, at the night scenes and stuff like that. Because, like, when, when they're out in the street at night, it makes for a better contrast than when they're in, like, the fluorescent lit office or whatever. Well, they might be thinking, like, oh, nobody goes outside anymore type of thing, but I don't know. Like, I didn't feel like it was that bothersome. Yeah, it didn't. It, it, it's a relatively minor gripe. I'm just bringing it up. And this this show is also kind of one of the ones where they, like, save up all of their crazy animation budget for a few key moments that really deserve it instead of like spreading it too thin over the whole thing. Because like there's not actually a lot of action in this show for a show about, you know, police and cyberpunk stuff. But when it does happen, it pops off. One scene that like, I don't know if it was in the normal version Andrew watched, but in the extended edition version, there was at least there was a scene where it was like when a character it was like a flashback to when a character had died and it was pretty much just shot from the police car listening to it happening over the radio but like some of some of the fight scenes in the show are really incredible like any time it comes down to uh, Kogami and Makishima it's very very good yeah, i feel like the first one that i really noticed was when Makishima was fighting the three helmeted dudes that tried to turn on him. I just thought it was very fluid. But most of the violence in the first, or action, I should say, in the first half, is with guns and stuff. Um, mm. With their dominators. They're technically not guns, I think, but you know. We can call them guns. They're things that they point at people and pull a trigger and it shoots something at them. It's like tasers with a nuke attachment. It's a specific type of gun, though. Yeah, it, it is. Um, the same is from 2012. So, like, it's not that it's bad, but it's like. The designs look very 2012. Of the characters, I feel. Yeah, that's something that's kind of uh, weird with this series for me is that I feel like it's one of those series that's like really old and has always been around, but it's really only 10 years old. Yeah, it's something that feels like it's much older than it is just in terms of like how people talk about it or how long it's how long you feel like it's been around. Well, like how how was SAO? Around the same age. Yeah, like yeah. that's been around forever, right? But I think it's also like I didn't get into anime until like 2016, 2017. Yeah. So it's just it's just always been out for me. Uh, yeah. Now I think we're ready to move into characters. Yeah. And uh, my favorite characters were uh, Masoka and uh, Makishima, which might be weird, but I don't know. I like them. <laughs> 
I love Makishima as a villain because he's such like a smarmy mm. little bastard. <laughs> like he's always quoting philosophers, which I thought was annoying at first, but then I was like, this is actually kind of hilarious and endearing how he just won't shut up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I disagree with that, but that's because I think people like that oftentimes sometimes they can think theoretics and not realize like theoretics doesn't work i think it's also like juxtapose him with how everyone else acts to where most people in society just go through their lives without thinking whereas he has read all this philosophy and has actually done some critical thinking and is thinking for himself they did do in my opinion the one mistake that just like this never do is that they talked about philosophers a bunch, but they didn't make up any philosophers as far as I know. Like, they assumed that philosophy just pauses from whenever... I mean, like, one of the things that they say happens in this show is that, like, they make a lot of jobs obsolete. And, like, part of the propaganda is that civil is the perfect system. So I can imagine that they wouldn't, there wouldn't be any new philosophy because they would suppress it. I suppose, but then why would there be old philosophy, too? Should they not suppress that as well? I mean, because he's like a rebel outside the law. <laughs> I guess. He'd look for, like, paper books and stuff, and so paper books can be kept safe from a digital purge. And also, uh, one of the things I think they mention in the show is that, um, like, their whole education system like teaches that like everything led up to civil and like so they might have learned older philosophy is like look at all these wrong dumb idiots we live in the right society now yeah well like there's no universities anymore which um not that i think going to a university is necessary but i do think places of higher learning such as that are a necessary function of society like, especially, I'll say, if you're doing, like, an engineering job, yeah, you need to go to college. Um, but also, they don't need universities because you're going to know what you're going to do when you're, like, in your teens. And so correct. you're just going to be prepared for that event as you go. I mean, yes. <laughs> but that that's more of a university problem than a not having university problem, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but like Makishima's whole thing is that uh, full we're in full spoiler territory now, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, is that like he he's what they call criminally asymptomatic? Uh, he cannot like like no matter what he's doing, like he he reads as normal under the civil system. So like he can like do all the crime and like their normal methods of enforcement don't really work on him. Like, like literally, there's... as he was killing a girl, he was at zero mm -hmm. on his um, criminal coefficient. Crime coefficient. Criminal coefficient. Crime well, coefficient. Like, throughout crime that whole scene, his, like, as he was getting more and more criminal, it was his crime mm -hmm. coefficient was plummeting. And so you couldn't do anything because the Dominator won't even fire if they're below 100. Which I thought was, like, a great execution of that idea that whole scene i mean yeah it makes him a really scary villain because like 
they like they they basically only know how to do police work if they have the dominator uh so to exist without it is kind of something that they have to adjust their whole strategy around him well and also if they're using the dominator it's you're not killing them the civil system is you're just holding the gun whereas if you're going mm -hmm. to use a like just a gunpowder shotgun against him that's you making the choice there is no there's no one else that you can put the blame on right well something as well as that it forces them to do actual detective work later on not that they mm -hmm. kind of weren't already but it's like if you have several suspects you just point the gun at them until someone's guilty mm -hmm. you know because someone has a high crime coefficient or someone has a lowered hue color which is essentially their mental state and it's like eventually you can figure it out mm-hmm yeah, it's but, like, and they talk about like, oh, when we catch him, we're going to have to actually figure out how to do a trial because those don't right. really happen anymore. Which also isn't going to happen, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, for two reasons. <laughs> there wouldn't be a trial mm -hmm. anyways, but. It's kind of like, so spoiler, full spoiler. Uh, this ends with Kogami shooting and killing Makishima, which. Yeah, we haven't talked about any characters but Makishima yet. <laughs> well, Kogami honestly is our main character. Yeah, it's I would call Kogami like the main character and Akane is sort of our viewpoint character. Mm -hmm. Um I I I literally cannot my brain has completely failed me and I cannot think of another example of that right now even though I know they're a thing. Sherlock Holmes. I, I really like uh, Akane as a protagonist just because um, she's, well, she's like her. She's good at being a detective because she's nice. <laughs> yeah, well, and she's the quote unquote rookie detective, like trying to play the straight and narrow. Wants to treat everybody like a human. Doesn't realize what they're in for type of thing. Which is a great viewpoint character. Yeah, it's it's like really interesting because like so many detective characters in fiction, I feel like, are portrayed as being great detectives because they're like dickheads who feel like the rules don't apply to them. So it's cool that like her empathy makes her a good detective. Like she's able to make the right call in the first episode. I think it's the first episode um, where the victim becomes mentally unstable which is like a whole thing in this of like well victims become criminals too um yeah. because of their crime coefficient and all that stuff and she's able to make the right call and be like no we shouldn't kill them they're gonna be fine um they are which is you know good she does shoot kogami to do it which is very funny <laughs> I really like all of the main main characters. Like I didn't like even Ginoza, who I didn't like at first. He really grew on me by the end of it. Um, Ginoza starts out kind of cold and callous, but then he mm -hmm. grows into being more, maybe not necessarily yeah, more yeah. empathetic, but he at least realizes his faults and changes his point of view. Well, and mm -hmm. the reason he's like this is because Kogami was his partner who became a latent criminal because 
of the job, and he's trying to keep that from happening to Akane. Uh, well, and his dad is also a detective who became a late yeah. criminal and became an enforcer. Yeah, who's literally on the team with him. Like that. That's got to be some sort of like. Mm-hmm. No go. So like right? he he's he kind of hold you know whereas like whereas Akane is very like empathetic you know he wants to keep everyone at arm's length just because like he worries about himself a lot more than she does about herself and he tries to think of the latent criminals as beneath him so that mm-hmm. he won't hopefully join them which you know spoilers um he does <laughs> I, I i hate that i thought it was funny but like in the last episode uh masoka dies uh and Ginoza re- essentially replaces him because he gets his arm ripped off. So now he has like a fake arm, just like Masoka. Well, and he's the former he's the former inspector who's now an enforcer on the team. <laughs> he's kind of also Kogami at the same time because he yeah. was Sunomori's partner. But part of it is that this is one giant cycle. Um, This would be more of a themes, but like the ending of the last episode is just the beginning of the first episode with different characters. Mm-hmm. And a different monologue. Because when uh Ginoza introduces them in the first episode, he refers to them as hounds and they're basically like your dogs to keep yeah. control of. Whereas Akane introduces them as humans that are just going to tackle this from a different point of view. Yes, it's it's one of those like Nothing changes, but it does type of thing of like. They're still starting back Mm. over, though. And honestly, getting into really spoiler territory, you know, I think we're ready to move into story, actually. (laughs) Probably. Well, I will say the one thing um, I feel like they underutilized um, Kunizuka. Is that I don't think that was right. Yayoi. Is is that the, the girl enforcer? Yeah, yeah, you know, they they underutilized her. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 funny. She had she had like a backstory episode, and then didn't really like contribute all that much outside of that. Yeah, it's like it feels like she just kind of existed so that way they could have an extra enforcer at the end. Yeah, maybe maybe she's more important in season two now that you know the whole cast of enforcers has changed. I mean, was this? Made before the manga? I think so. Because I kind of think I saw that looking online. Because if not, I'd be like, oh, she could be more important than manga, but... Yeah. It's an original. Then I I, I don't know. (laughs) My big change for this would be just to, like, during the art section of the show, when, like, they were going trying to find the art serial killer, would just be to have Yayoi, like, maybe not take center stage, but at least have more input because she comes from, like, an art background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that is That is a fair point. They never solve any music crimes in this season. <laughs> So, like I said at this at the top, it's all like it starts out as like sort of a series of shorter arcs that all seem to be unrelated at first, but eventually all tie back to Makshima. Like he he's essentially giving people the means to act on like 
their basest urges in the worst way possible. Uh, yeah, well, because it's kind of like if it's society's made to where you can't have a troubled mental state or you can't have a high crime coefficient or else you're just arrested. It's a lot harder to premeditate anything like this. So it gives people the means to do it a lot easier. At least that's how I interpreted it. Uh, but like, like I said, he's sort of a, he's a rebel who wants to bring down the civil system. And I think the show gets like, so like uh, tailing him is all great. And like the, the finally the episode where like they go to the, the ministry of welfare tower and like he fights Kogami at the top is so fucking cool. But also at the bottom floor, his like partner, the Korean guy, uh, is like, he finds the civil system. He figures out what it actually is. And it's really interesting. I think. Yeah. If you if you do, if you like, this is the serious one. If you care about spoilers, please, please, please go watch, uh, or, or decide for yourself if you care. Uh, because the civil system is not an AI. It is just like 200 dudes brains hooked up together in a room. And like, like it's, it's like implied that it's supplemented by AI. Like they don't like necessarily mm -hmm. calculate everyone's crime coefficient themselves. But they're the ones that actually are like making all the decisions for everybody. So like everybody outside is under the illusion that like we have a perfect society because the machines control everything. We don't have to think about it. Whereas no, it's actually like some people in a room deciding everything or what's left of some people in a room deciding everything. I will say, to be fair, I think it's often considered that the brain is one of the world's best computers. <laughs> I mean, yes, but... So, like, I get it. But it's not an AI because it's not artificial intelligence. And it's, it's not even like they're, like, a collective. Like, they still have their individuality in there. To some extent. Like, I... It's kind of weird where it's, like, when they're in the collective, they're all thinking together. But once they're, they're still able to go back to being themselves. Yeah, because... Uh... One of them invites Makishima to join the civil system because, like, they seek out people like him to, like, evolve themselves further. Uh, like, they're essentially, like, incorporating rebellion against the system into the system. Well, uh, not only that, they need people who are, who don't register as latent criminals. Um, I forget what they called it. But essentially, they need people who are so emotionally detached that they can judge everyone else yeah it's and i think it's it's kind of interesting like allegorical view of things because like you know now a lot of what happens in our lives is decided by algorithms so like when bad things happen because of it like when people get radicalized into conspiracy theories and shit uh like the people that are responsible are like well it was the algorithm i didn't do it but like somebody had to program that algorithm at some point there's always a person behind the decision at some point yeah. Well, I mean, at some at this point, I could believe that no one like the civil system is big enough that it maintains itself and no one that they don't want to know knows about it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. There's no proof of that or anything, you know? 
yeah, by the end of the show, Akane knows the truth about the civil system, but and she doesn't like it. She doesn't like what she sees. Uh, but they let her go because they want like to figure out how she'll rebel so that they can like evolve themselves further. Like they like the same reason they wanted to invite Makishima. Yes, but essentially they want to go public because they don't mm. want their government to be built on lies, which, you know what? Good for them. Um, but they need to figure out how to convince Akane so that they can figure out how to convince pu- the public as a whole. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty interesting. Because <laughs> they let her go because essentially they're like, we're going to win you to our side. We just need to figure mm-hmm. out how. It's it's a yeah it's it's a super interesting premise I think mm-hmm. like it's I can't remember it's, there's this idea in philosophy of like positive versus negative freedom right because like you know there's they have a lot of freedom from things in uh in this society like there, there's a lot of things that we worry about that they don't really but <laughs> there's a lot of like joys and concerns that they never experienced that we do right well one thing that causes so many victims to become latent criminals is because they don't have any exposure to stress Mm -hmm. you know the only time they're ever exposed to stress is when they're being a victim essentially like there's a scene uh in like the second half where uh someone is just wailing on someone with a hammer and everyone else is just kind of watching and when they were talking interviewing witnesses later they said that they just didn't understand what was happening they don't they they might not even realize what's happening Mm -hmm. which is an insane thought i don't remember where the study is was done but i remember reading that there was a study done that uh said gamers are less likely to or less prone to violence despite playing violent games just because they're more accustomed to it but yeah this one is super super interesting it's almost more fun to think about than it is to actually watch it from episode to episode but i still enjoyed it of course Mm -hmm. i i love this story i don't think i care to re-watch it but i'm willing to watch season three type of thing so technically yes i thought of it more of as like really there's three seasons just seasons one and two coming out together well okay like (laughs) technically then there's four seasons and seasons one and two came out together because there's a distinct like i don't want to say finale but like there's a distinct breaking point in episode 11 because actually episode 12 is when we get the episode that's completely off-topic um, flashback episode, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. It, you know, it's the core break. Yeah. I think it's more a mid-season yeah, finale rather than a season finale. Because I think each season is focused on, like, a different villain or issue. And this season was Makishima. Tough. One complaint I have with the story is how Kagari, like, we get in, we get, like, his backstory, the episode he dies in, and so, like, once we start getting that and he goes off alone, I'm like, well, he's dead. 
that's just kind of an that's just kind of an anime thing to like flesh out a character right before they die to like make their death feel more impactful than it would have been. Yeah. Like if there's one franchise that's absolutely terrible about doing that constantly, it's Jojo. Themes, although we've kind of been dipping into themes in all of these different sections. Yeah, I think the big theme, like mm-hmm. if you had to draw a big takeaway, it's the whole argument that the three different main characters kind of have of what is the best way to deal with the government that's lying to you and imperfect. Which is all governments. I mean, yes. Because um, Mikeshima is kind of like, let's just burn it all down. Let's see what happens when this happens. You know, let's go against the government yeah. and try this and mm-hmm. that. And Sunimori Generally, is more... when you rebel against the government, you want to have a plan for what you're doing afterwards. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm sure he did. It just didn't matter. <laughs> he explicitly mm-hmm. said he didn't. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, that's that's why I say he wanted chaos rather than uh, rather than anarchy. Well, because he didn't want to replace the government. He wanted for the population to open their eyes and replace the government. I think. Yeah, sort of a propaganda, yeah, sort of, a propaganda of the propaganda of the type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of. Like, I think a big argument the show does is, like, yes, the government sucks, but getting rid of it would just make things a lot worse for everyone. Yeah, that's Sunomori's idea of, like, we need the government, you know, but I'm gonna change this, I'm gonna fix it, and when that happens, I'm getting rid of this current system. I think we touched on it earlier in the show, kind of... Hence, the incremental change is the best way to deal with it because of how the second, the the finale mirrors the opening of the first episode by now the enforcers are thought of as human and we're going to change things slowly to make a better society instead of just abruptly tearing it down. Right, well, and if you try and make abrupt changes, kind of like both Kogami and... Uh, Mikeshima did, you will be branded as criminals. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, just... it's it's uh, it's kind of uh, if you if you if you'll permit me to get very leftist for a moment, like part of the problem is that like people are so used to the system they can't really imagine anything else, <laughs> right? Uh, which is what like you know people call that capitalist realism, uh, or I guess in this case, civilist realism. Well, it's kind of like the idea of we should transition to the metric system. But that would be so hard because so many things that we currently have are not the metric system. You know, I mean, there's there's a mile marker on literally every highway sign in America. We'd have to go change all of them. But at the same time. We should switch, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are, I will defend customary for a few things, not very many, but like for most things, metric is just objectively better. <laughs> It's just that sort of thing of, like, the system works, and changing it is a pain in the butt. So, so what do you do, you know? Do we have any other concluding thoughts on season one of Psychopaths? I mean, if at this point you think you're going to enjoy it, first of all, why did you not watch it first? Um, Yeah. (laughs) 
But like, if you're going to enjoy it, you you probably will. Uh, I am actually very, very excited for season two of this one. Uh, this is feeding the cyberpunk worm that lives in my brain very well. Um, <laughs> so I'm very happy about it. Yeah, cyberpunk's uh, not my favorite genre, but... It's very rapidly becoming mine. <laughs> this has been our uh, episode of Weekly Anime Performance Review on Season 1 of Psychopaths. I almost forgot the name of this show. <laughs> if you liked what you listened to here, be sure to uh, give us a follow on Twitter, at Wappercast, uh, because in the future we'll be putting up polls for future episodes. And speaking of which... Uh, the poll that we did for uh, the next episode is decided. Our next episode will be on season one of Code Geass, Lelouch of the Rebellion. Uh, an absolute classic, which actually got me into anime when I was in middle school. <laughs> uh, so I'm very excited to rewatch it. Um, I and then after that, I believe our next episode is going to be season two and the movie of Psychopaths. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at Wappercast to find out when new episodes drop and also uh, to be able to vote in the next poll. So once our Code Geass episodes are done, we will be polling you guys again on what to watch next. Uh, Psycho passes for us, though. You don't get to decide on what the other episode of the month is. Take that. I've been John, your anime Columbo. I've been Chris, and you probably can't understand what I'm saying right now. I've been Andrew, and if you want to make it out of here alive, take off your clothes. Beep boop, ravioli. <laughs>